Hey everyone, and welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Today, we are with Christina Najjar. She is a fashion journalist and editor um, here based in LA. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. Um, we always want to talk about, you know, your journey and how did you get to where you are right now? So, you know, did you always know you wanted to be a writer? Were, was fashion or lifestyle always a passion for you growing up? Yeah, so I think um, it has been a journey. That's a good word to describe <laughs> it because I um, it has been quite quite the path. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was an English major in college. I've always loved to write. I think writing and, and storytelling is one of the most amazing things that we can do as humans. So I love it in every form, um, and I also love to read. Uh, but I didn't I didn't initially jump right into journalism after I graduated. I actually was in fashion, um, and and I worked at an app for a while. Um, um, before I before and where'd you go to college? I went to Stanford. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I did undergrad at Stanford, um, English major, loved it. But then after that, I was like, okay, I want to go into fashion. So I worked at Gap Inc. for a while at their headquarters in San Francisco, which was an incredible experience. And then I thought, I want to go work in sort of the new era of retail. So um, I went to work in an app called Poshmark, which is yeah, C definitely. to C, um, where you can buy and sell lightly used clothing and accessories. And it was incredible, so cool, and so different to Gap. And then I thought, you know, I've always still continued to love writing, and I've been freelance writing as a hobby, so why don't I go back to school? Um, so I moved to New York, and I got my master's in fashion journalism at Parsons School of Design. Um, and that was a fun and crazy two years and while I was getting my master's I just started working more and more in New York and um, and really starting to build up a portfolio and eventually became the online editor of Modern Luxury so wrote for Gotham, Hamptons, all of their magazines um, and then uh, after I graduated at the, in July of last year, I um, decided I really missed the good weather out here <laughs> on the West Coast and um, decided to go freelance again and move back out here and give L.A. a shot. So when you were making the transition um, from working like in the business side of fashion to going back to school for fashion journalism, like what was your motivation in doing that and moving to New York? Yeah, I think I really do believe the overused phrase, you only live once, is sort of um, key to my my being. Um, I think you have to try things and mm -hmm. and and not be afraid of, of taking risks. Um, you know, someone once told me it's as important to find out if you don't like something as yes. it is to find out if you do like something. Because that's a big jump to, like, it's yeah. leave a job that you like to, like, kind of completely change your whole career trajectory and go back to school completely and you know going to a school like Stanford everybody is so you know all of my peers have these super um you know incredible paths they work at Google for 10 years yeah. they work at Twitter for 10 years and I was like I'm leaving the Bay Area to go back to school to be a fashion journalist and yeah was like okay good luck to you that's very <laughs> random but um you know you have to do what makes you happy and you have to do what makes you feel exhilarated and for me I noticed that the the times when I was most like excited by what I was doing is when a piece would get published or, mm -hmm. you know, someone would back in the day, I would write, um, kind of, you know, not taboo, but risque or, or, um, thought probing topics for, for refinery 29. And I just loved getting into it in the comments with people or people would tweet me or what Instagram were some of like, me. 
those stories. So, like, for example, I wrote an article about um, why I think dressing up for Coachella is silly and you should just wear, like, whatever you want and, like, look kind of weird and um that got a lot of backfire or I wrote a piece for pop sugar about that's so funny that that's so controversial yeah I mean well you know how (laughs) intense people get about Coachella um (laughs) you know I wrote a piece on pop sugar about why I used to never wear light wash jeans because I have a big butt and it was always like embarrassed and then finally I just got over it and I wrote this personal essay and I got an outpouring of um, support and girls saying, you know, you've inspired me to do that. And and to me, that connection between audience and author and like the way that writing can touch so many people and inspire them or, or make them mad and, and make them form an opinion, it's so powerful. And so that's what really drove me to say, okay, like this is what makes me happy and this is what I want to do. What are your favorite like topics to write about? I love you know I started off obviously when I went back to school writing a lot about fashion but in the past few years I've really gotten into writing about um so two things firstly wellness Mm -hmm. so um moving to New York made me take a hard look at my habits in the mirror and I thought okay I need to get real about health and wellness and so that's what I started writing about too just like small hacks that you can do to make your life better and um kind of improve your sleep and stuff like that and then the second thing that I got really obsessed with it was kind of a happy accident of my job is I am really into writing about founder stories Mm -hmm. and new companies and and new brands and and all the ways that this new wave of entrepreneurs is making our world a better place Mm -hmm. um and you know I say happy accident because I didn't really think about it when I was going into this editorial job but then you know these amazing founders would reach out and say can you tell my story and you know, in my own small way, I'm helping spread the word yeah, and, and t- tell definitely. my readers. And um, and I just think we're in this amazing time of um, inertia right now where people are taking thing by thing, be it toothpaste, be it, you know, vitamins, be it the diamond shopping experience. And they're, and they're revamping it and they're saying, we can do this better. Like, we can inform people. We can be more transparent. We can make this more fun. And I... I'm so, so inspired by that. So that's another thing that I love to write about is, um, you know, what, what makes, what drives people to start a company and, and why they want to, to change, um, whatever industry or product that they're revamping. Awesome. And so, so wellness and founder stories, what are some wellness like hacks that you've figured out or written about that you can enlighten us with? (laughs) Where do I even begin? I mean, obviously food is, I love food. So it's Me tough, too. you know, I'm like, I try to be good, but um, food, you know, I try to stick away from, stay away from refined sugar. Um, I try to do the gluten-free thing. It's so hard. It's so hard. But, you know, now there are, you know, to my point before, there are so many cool new updates. And, you know, I was just at Air One, which is my favorite place on earth. It's a healthy grocery store here in LA. They have a bunch of them and they have, all the best products and I was eating these paleo puffs so they taste just like cheesy like chips or whatever but mm-hmm. they're completely gluten-free grain-free whatever I feel so, like that's such an LA thing oh my have. god it's so LA <laughs> and I sound so LA already like I, I sound ridiculous now I'm that person who's like is there gluten in this is this paleo like do you have oat milk um but but yeah. I feel like even when you go to like restaurants like anywhere now they're like do you have any allergies is yeah. there any like restrictions yes. I feel like it's just becoming like more normal to yes. 
eat healthy and kind of like adjust 100%. your lifestyle. And people are, you know, making those shifts just because I think, you know, what you put in your body and, and how you treat yourself does have a an effect on how fast you can think or how, you know, productive you are or whatever. So try to be good about that. I try, I'm obsessed with sleeping. So mm-hmm. I really try. I love sleeping. I <laughs> love sleeping. So I do like a weighted eye mask, which is a new thing for me. Oh, I'm really? I'm obsessed with those. Get them on Amazon. They're so good. I've been obsessed. I got like a silk, like the slip eye mask. For, oh my God. I'm obsessed with those. With For like a gift. And I was like, is it bad that I'm addicted? Like I can only sleep with this eye mask now. No, I, and you need to get the pillowcase too. This, the silk pillowcase. Cause it keeps your hair um, like more, you know, it's supposed to be better for your skin. And it like keeps like wrinkles off, right? Oh my God. Yeah. And I'll do anything for skincare yeah. to look young as well. Yeah. So I'm like silk this, silk that. I try to sleep on my back because then you get less wrinkles. Yeah. You too. get less wrinkles too. <laughs> but so, <laughs> I always wake up in the morning and my face is like mashed. The best the way pillow. I've been trying to do that too. I'm like to put two pillows on each yep. side to like propped your body yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> um so oh god take magnesium every night seriously that's a big like, wait my act. dad was telling me he started taking magnesium what is what benefits does that have okay well firstly it's called nature xanax that's okay. its nickname so if that isn't you know reason enough to try it i don't know what is but it it just relaxes you and it helps you sleep and it just it's you know really it, like 80% of magnesium uh, of Americans are magnesium deficient. Mm-hmm. That's not an accurate statistic because I'm not a doctor, but it's, around, <laughs> Something it's like a that. high number <laughs> and magnesium really, um, it depletes your, like when you're stressed, it depletes your magnesium levels, which is why we're also deficient. So take magnesium. My favorite brand is natural calm. It's the best. Okay. I'm going to try that it's because so I feel like that's way better than taking any sort of sleeping pill. Yeah, no, it's bad, but Hey, you know, wellness is also about balance. And sometimes if you need a little sleeping pill or a little Xanax to get through the night, I'm not going to judge you for it. And you shouldn't judge yourself for it. <laughs> oh my God. Awesome. So, so what were, so you were in New York and you said you were like taking a hard look at, you know, your lifestyle, yes. wanting to make a shift. Like what was your motivation for after, you know, going back to school, working there, having, being successful to shift and come back to the West coast? So I think that everybody has their perfect city and mm-hmm. I never, I never like to say, I don't like this city or whatever. I think every city is someone's perfection. It's mm-hmm. just like everyone has a perfect dress. Everyone has a perfect person. Um, and I, I had always thought that I would live in New York. Like I'm from England originally. I grew up in London. I always thought it was, and they're kind of similar yeah, in many ways. So similar. Um, and I always thought, okay, I'll, I'll go to school, you know, in California and spend a few years there. And then I'll, I'll end up in New York and I'll work for a magazine and, and that's that. But <laughs> When I moved back to New York, I really just missed the lifestyle of California. I missed being able to go outside. I missed um, the weather. I missed, um, you know, it is a different, it is a different vibe and attitude. Yeah, totally and, different. And the things that people value are different and neither one is better or worse. Just yeah. for me, I like New York is very intense Yes. and I'm, I'm love to chill and I love to, I'm very like. I like to have a long dinner and in New York, everybody would get up at four 30 to do two Pilates classes oh my God. and then like drink a triple shot of espresso and yes. then go to work from like 7 AM to 10 PM. And then they would want to go to dinner and yeah. drink like 14 bottles of wine. And <laughs> I just, I, I'm more like, get up, get a coffee, do some yeah. work, chill, you know? So, um, that being said, New York is absolutely incredible. The culture and, 
there's just always something going on and you never feel lonely in New York. You know, you always, you always feel surrounded by people. And that was one of the biggest adjustments moving to LA is even though I had a bunch of friends here, you don't see as many people cause you're always in your car. You just like leave from your house into your car. Yeah. In New, New York, York, you can look outside the window and there's like thousands yeah. of people walking around. Yeah. Well, and also you, you know, you go downstairs, you say, Hey to your doorman, you see yeah. the people in the elevator, you're constantly surrounded by people. You go to the bodega, you get a coffee. Like it's just, a, it's a very, um, together city. You spend a lot of time with other people. So that was a big adjustment from New York to LA, but overall I like LA. Yeah. Now. And how long have you been here now? Almost four months. Wow. So I'm still new. Yeah. You're yeah. still Getting your LA like roots, getting like, the vibe, yeah. I'm, I'm finding my best oat milk matcha latte, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's and it's, has like the type of stories you've written or like publications changed since you've made the shift over? Yeah, definitely. Um, so now I, I mean, I feel like even more I'm in the wellness epicenter yeah. of the world, and yes. every time there's a new chakra balancing meditation sound bath <laughs> thing, I, I write about that. Um, but I've also been doing more, more brand consulting while I'm out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think of brand consulting or, um, marketing or any sort of strategy in the creative realm as it's just another form of storytelling. So mm-hmm. it's cool to be able to flex those muscles and work with, um, companies on, on uh, you know, helping tell their stories and helping them connect with their customers, which has always been another passion of mine. So, And what type of companies like, have you been consulting for? Everything. I'm doing um, two jewelry brands, an activewear brand, a cannabis company, which is new and exciting, mm-hmm. um, an app. Um, so a little bit of everything. And that sort of project-based work really suits me just because mm-hmm. it's... Um, you know, it's an honor to get to come into these companies and make an impact and work with their teams. And, um, it's really special and it's always something new. And it, I think it makes me think really outside the box and think, um, you know, look at every problem through a new lens. Um, so it's cool. It's it's crazy. And I do spend a lot of time in my car, like (laughs) taking conference calls while I'm like, cruising down um the pch no i'm just kidding but um (laughs) i take all my conference calls very seriously and i would never drive while i do them but um it's a different lifestyle yeah i'm adapting i'm I'm seeing how it goes so when you consult for these brands you help them like they come to you and they're like we need help like with our overall look our story like how we're going to present ourselves under the marketing realm i'm really a jack of all trades so they can be like hey we need a ton of help with our Instagram. Can mm-hmm. you create content for us or what do you think we should do here? Or, Hey, we're having a lot of trouble with partnerships. Do, do you know anyone who could do this, this, and this, or, Hey, can you, um, can you write some copy for us or can you like get our blog up and running? Um, so again, it's always something new and different, but I, I always joke that if I was going to start a company, it would, or like an agency by myself, it would be called one, one woman circus because that is literally what I am. Um, and, um, are you thinking about doing that? I don't know. I think, you know, I never thought I would. Um, I always, I think we, I'm not sure. Maybe. 
It would be really called One Woman Circus. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great name. Um, and do you think, like, you're pulling from your past experiences, like, working, like, on the business side, too, with, like, your editorial side when you kind of, like, look at the lens of each of these companies? Totally. I think they're so interconnected because it's, like, when you're writing an article, you're thinking about what does my audience care about? Like, what do they want to hear about? And that's really all marketing is, is, is you're thinking, like, how can I get this message across to the people? people who need to know. Mm -hmm. And now, um, you know, with social media and there's so many touch points, there's a lot of different levers to pull for brands for them to connect to their, to their consumers. But, um, that's all it is. It's just storytelling in a different format. So definitely pull upon, um, not only my experience from past lives, but also my network. I mean, you know, as well, this, this world of, extended fashion accessories and it's, it's kind of like beauty. a small community it's small, yeah. yeah and I'm always you know calling a friend from New York saying hey like I know you do PR like one of my my clients needs PR here or like I know the best um you know photographer for here and it's it's really cool um you know as I get older to <laughs> know more people and and to be able to um to leverage that network yeah um, totally yeah and kind of like shifting a little bit, um, most articles that you know people write for now are digital, and a lot of print magazines are going out of business slowly but surely, or transitioning just to fully online. Like, what do you kind of see for the future of like journalism and media? It's it's so funny. I mean, I, I actually wrote a piece um, for the last print edition of LA Confidential ever Mm -hmm. so it was so bittersweet because I was so proud it was like right when I moved to LA and you know I got this um you know pitch this idea and but then they were like yeah we'd love to take this but this is the last ever print edition so it's it's we're in a really crazy transitional time right now um and now it's all about clicks and um, shares versus magazines purchased. Um, And I think, you know, there's no good or bad. It's just changing. I don't think that print will be gone forever by any token. I think, I think it just needs to adapt. Um, Mm -hmm. They're different. I, I grew up reading magazines. I will always love getting a magazine and reading it cover to cover. I think it's such a pleasure. Um, But I'm mainly a digital journalist, so that's, most people are now. Yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. So it's just, um, I think you do have to adjust slightly for audience and format. And you know, now I think a lot about my audience reading on their phone, like mm-hmm. they're waiting for the subway or whatever. They're bored in doctor's office. They're scrolling. So it's like, how does that translate? It's just a lot more to think about. Whereas I think um, traditional print is very you kind of know who's picking up those magazines. So, And you have like longer lead times for print. Yeah. There's only so much they can put on each page. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's a lot more um, structured and there's a lot more process and format, whereas digital, it's kind of like the Wild West. It's Do you think there's like less fact-checking these days? I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think, um, I, I, you know, I think as more and more people become creators and writers, which is amazing. And that is one of the best things about the internet. It's democratizing like a hundred percent. But I also think that that does open the door for, um, you know, there's a bigger margin of error, you know? And right now, like anyone with a blog, even like myself can just like 
can write stuff yeah write whatever my thoughts are and it is what it is and it's out there but yeah but it's exactly and so it's I think yeah I think I think we see that a lot on Instagram especially mm-hmm. in the wellness space with like food stuff you know people are like yeah you shouldn't eat like fruit and you know almond yeah, like butter ha- together and I'm like are you a doctor and then I like look at them and they're 21 and they live in like a random state and they didn't go to college and I'm like you should probably shouldn't be advising people on what to eat then so how can you trust these things because every time like I read so much like wellness lifestyle stuff like and a lot of times they're contradicting each other right so yes one day I'll read that like almond milk is great for me and the next day like almond milk is like ruining the world so what am I supposed to believe it's definitely tough and I think there is so much information out there yeah and, and I get texts from my friends all the time because they know I'm in this space and they're mm-hmm. like so what is the deal, deal with oat like, milk what's the deal with collagen and it's yeah like, what is the deal um <laughs> and I'm like well firstly disclaimer I am not a doctor yeah <laughs> but um yeah this is an unsatisfying answer but I would say you kind of just have to pull from different sources that you trust and then form your own opinion which Mm -hmm. is tiring and exhausting and it would be a lot easier if people just told the truth but you have to because I for instance personal experience I went on like the keto diet how'd that go for you (laughs) so the first time I tried it I lost like a bunch of weight like right away because I think I just couldn't find like enough things to eat yeah and then the second time I tried it I like ended up gaining weight so yeah. I was like, I don't know. I feel like eating like this amount of fat, like if you're actually doing it properly, um, can't be healthy, you know? <laughs> I just think that the fad diet thing is so yeah. terrifying and mm-hmm. people just keep repackaging them and trying them and like intermittent fasting now. People yeah, are doing it. I tried like, it. I was like, I don't know. I'm just like starving. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just think, you know, the diet industry needs to perpetuate these rumors and they need they they prey on our insecurities and our on our like being busy we don't have time to like do studies and research so we're just like okay keto we'll try it give me a because like all of a sudden like everyone is like saying like this is like the new thing to do this is like the healthy thing to do and it's like the fats that and there's so many that are coming out so many and it's just again i think now with the quantity of content that we have access to it's so overwhelming and it's also when you're doing research it's even if you're pulling from different sources it's easy to like have a biased opinion and have like find articles that back that up yeah either way confirmation bias all the way you just you read it and you're like I always knew it yeah milk is bad for me and I'm just like yeah I think I think you just have to be patient and and figure out what works for you and as much as possible try to quiet the noise and Mm -hmm. just, um, yeah. And probably reading, like, more established publications. They're doing, like, a little bit more vetting. Yeah, and just, again, I would always say check your sources. So if, if, you know, a 16-year-old girl on Instagram is telling you to eat 12 bananas in a day, just, like, gut check that. Be like, should I trust this person? Yeah. Um, (laughs) No disrespect to bananas, but, uh, yeah. So I would say yeah. just, you know, doctors go to school for a really long time. So we should, you know, try to trust them and not the Instagram people. But yeah. Um, yeah. And where do you see like what are your hopes and like dreams like in your career in the next couple of years? I think, you know, I get so much joy um, from helping brands tell their narratives, as I as I said. And I think I want to continue to freelance right as well. So um for me, I'm just as 
I'm really happy if I'm creating, if I'm um, in any way. So, you know, whether that's creating Instagram content for a brand, whether that's writing, whether that's, um, you know, doing any number of things, as long as I have that creative output, I'm, I'm really happy. So I think I'll be doing this for the next couple of years, but um, who knows? Maybe one woman circus, one woman circus agency will be coming your way eventually. <laughs> I don't know. And we always ask all of our guests, like, what is your spark, which is kind of like that fire inside you, that motivation that, you know, keeps your hustle going and keeps you like motivated? I think, I don't know. I think, you know, as I said, as long as I'm creatively outputting, that makes me really happy. Um, But I also, I really like having fun and just not taking anything too seriously. Mm -hmm. I'm very lucky to get to work in an industry that is fun and constantly evolving and generally for the good of mankind. So, um, you know, (laughs) generally, (laughs) generally. Um, so I think as long as I'm having fun, creating cool stuff and, and doing it and collaborating with cool people, then that's, that's what really keeps me going. Awesome. Well, we gift all of our guests a spark ring. Oh my gosh. Thank you. So it's a little ring. That's just a reminder, a daily reminder of like continuing to hustle and grind. And if it doesn't fit you, we can send you one in your so size. Pretty. But thank was, you. Yeah. You're welcome. It's gorgeous. I love it. So with for instance, like the spark ring, there's just like a little extra meaning to mm-hmm. jewelry. And I feel like a lot of jewelry pieces can, you know, be more than just like a luxury yes. item, but have like a lot of emotional, like sentimental value. Do you have like a piece that's special to you? Yeah, I do. I have this, um, this diamond necklace that I really rarely take off and I got oh, it's it. so pretty. Um, thank you. I got it in India in Jaipur um, with my parents which is a very big gem cutting Uh, destination uh, yeah they call it yeah there's I mean the jewelry there is so phenomenal and such talented artistry there it's incredible and I was um, graduating high school and I was on a trip with my parents that summer and I was you know about to move away to America which was so far away at that time <laughs> um, seemed really far well, away. Well, I mean, Stanford to UK is really far. Yeah. It's like 12 hours it's or like something, 12 right? 12 hours. And I I wasn't afraid and I always knew I wanted to go, but I was, it was like, okay, this is it. Like, really, yeah. really doing it. Um, so they wanted to get me something and I picked something that um, I felt like I really love things that I don't have to take off. Me too. Like, it's my, I love that stuff. So I, I wanted something that really just suited my personality and was like classic, but felt, um, you know, modern at the same time and that I could wear with anything dress up and dress down. And I really do love it still to this day. That was a long time ago because I'm old now, but, um, <laughs> yeah. And I have a matching pair of earrings to it oh, too. Nice. So when I want to get really fancy. So I, I love it. It's such a good memory. And again, I really love things that I don't have to take off. Me too. It's just <laughs> like you it's less likely to be lost. Yes. And also it's just like you put it on and you just like don't have to think about it. Yes. And you're always like slightly accessorized. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, and we asked what type of jewelry is like kind of like your style? What are things that you like are interested in seeing? Like how would you describe, you know, your jewelry personal style if you were going to like go in and invest in more pieces? I would say I tend to go for pretty classic things. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I, ha- I have gone in phases. I mean, 
blessed we forgot the Tiffany phase. That was like the first yes. phase <laughs> we did. Um, you know, I did all the the chain link. The silver the return silver. to Tiffany. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, I had the dog tag. Yes. It was very important to me. It was yes. truly, I was like, I'm never going to take this off. This yes. is whatever. Um, this is a timeless piece. I was like, this is timeless. I remember like sobbing to my parents being like, I need this investment yes. piece. They were like, okay, wow. Um, so there was the Tiffany phase. And then there was, what phase was next? I, I went through a big David Yerman phase. Yes. Too, mm-hmm. after which is like graduated to that a lot of that cable yes. um stuff and now I do I I love simple stuff now I try but the only the, the area that I go most um crazy in is earrings I love um I, ha- I have a bunch of piercings and I love little fun you know earrings mixing and matching and that kind of stuff but um I'd say I'm a gold over silver girl mm-hmm. um and love necklaces, love to layer a lot of necklaces. And I know you said you, like, were interested in, like, Princess Diana's jewelry. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with Princess Diana. <laughs> I am – I'm obsessed with her. I've read every single biography. <laughs> I, I just – I love her. I think she's iconic. And I think she – you know, when she joined the royal family, she had access to all these incredible, you know, heirloom pieces mm-hmm. that were – you know, if you, if you looked at them off – you might think, oh, it's a little bit like outdated or it feels a little musty and old, but the way that she wore them with modern fashion to me was so inspiring and so cool. And I really love like that mixing and matching and how the right outfit can take a vintage jewelry piece into modern day. Um, you know, her tiaras were incredible. And, and of course that big choker that she was wearing when she danced with John Travolta and, <laughs> and even her her engagement ring that yeah. sapphire is which now belongs to, to Kate, Kate Middleton yeah. um I just I I absolutely love it I love sapphires are my birthstone so, oh nice that's yeah. a good birthstone it is it is I hate my birthstone is it pearl it's a garnet oh okay yeah. Worse, yeah also tough yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um we have this um diamond tennis choker that kind of reminded me when you said that you liked her choker I'm Uh, dying for a tennis bracelet or a tennis necklace like or whatever yeah this is is a tennis necklace and we have like a matching bracelet form too but you can actually make this really versatile so it's choker length and or you can extend it to make it like a longer fancier version that is and it can also be a double layered tennis bracelet that is so so beautiful (laughs) yeah that's definitely next on my wish list as I'm thinking about um you know what pieces I want to invest in next um but I love it because like this is something you can layer with a bunch of like longer necklaces wear with like something more casual or go like super fancy with it I love the way that um diamonds look like with denim like I just or like a white t-shirt and jeans yeah or like even a white collared shirt with Mm -hmm. this underneath I think is just so iconic yes I feel like as I get older I really just started to wear more neutrals and then just have you know really good jewelry and then that's like perfect that's all you need this is so stunning thank you absolutely love it how many carrots is that so these are like um three points each um so total carrot weight on the website can you tell me we'll edit this in no (laughs) (laughs) um but I also was just curious because we were talking about like the royal family and whatever. What do you think about like Meghan Markle and them leaving? So <laughs> I... This is totally off topic, but I'm just curious. I have, I have a very strong opinion. Uh-huh. I have personally thought that Meghan was out to do some shenanigans the whole time. I okay. just have a weird feeling. Here's why. I'll tell okay. you why. So in her interview when they were like... Um, 
you know, how'd you know? Like, how'd you get set up with Harry? And she was like, well, my friend was like, hey, I have a guy for you. I want you to meet him. It's the Prince Harry. And she was like, oh. And so I just said to my friend, okay, I mean, I guess I could be interested. Is he kind? And I was like, girl, your friend just said I want to set you with Prince Harry. You did not say, is he kind? You said, oh, my God, when can I go? Like, I need to go get my hair done. Like, yeah. yes. Like, no, you're lying. And yeah. from that time on, I just thought, you are trying to paint this picture of yourself as this, like, total goody-goody two-shoes, whatever. And now, look what she did. Splitting up the royal family. I'm very upset for my country. So now that means, like, what does that mean? That I didn't know people could, like, leave the royal family. I mean, they can't really. That's why I think that the... They just don't want to do, like, their duties and... Yeah, they don't want to do their duties and, and they, you know... Being a royal is really difficult and I, yeah. and I accept that and I, and I understand. But at the end of the day, it's it's also a massive privilege. Yes. And it's just kind of like a strange lottery you, you win in life. And I think... Is she the... F- the, not the first American to... So Wallace Simpson mm-hmm. was the... If anybody watches The Crown, my favorite show <laughs> in the world. Um, yeah, Wallace Simpson was an American and she took the other prince away, which is why they had all that drama. And mm. so it's... Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm very upset. I think that the UK is very upset. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Queen is very upset. And because, and like, I feel like people welcomed her with, like... People open arms. Her. They threw her a big wedding. It's just, and that's also the other thing is like for the taxpayer, that was a really expensive wedding. You yeah. can't just like have a really expensive wedding and get all the free clothes and then be like, all right, peace. I'm going to LA. Like what? Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I don't know if their marriage will stand the test of time, but time will tell. Only time will tell. But yeah, I love that little insight. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I'm so happy that you were able to join us today. Thank you for having me. Of this course. is an absolute pleasure. And um, now I have a new tennis necklace <laughs> on my wish list. So. Oh, how many total? 3.25 carats. Oh, total wow. great. Yeah. You just tell Santa next year. That's what I want. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, where can people like read your articles, find you, follow you, let them know? Yes. Um, find me on Instagram. It's me, Tinks. I-T-S. M-E-T-I-N-X. Um, and I post all my articles and a lot of my clients and the people that I work with on there. So follow along. Um, also do quite a bit of um, royal commentary if you are into Ooh. that. So um, yeah. I'm um, getting into it. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's fun. So please follow me there and uh, for lots of Meghan Markle gossip. I'll be keeping up. <laughs> um, and if you want to see the beautiful jewelry we were looking at today, follow us on YouTube at The Clear Cut and, of course, on Instagram at The Clear Cut. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys next week. Bye.